2: Hi everybody! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now it has been; these games are coming so quick. Man, I don't know about you, but it's hard to keep track sometimes of what's actually going on. Um, <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a preview. Well, we've got to obviously discuss a few of the games. We've discussed the City game. We've got the Villa game, uh, and obviously we've got the game against Brighton that we had tonight. Um, so we're going to look at all three of them and see how we think Liverpool's progressed. Uh, which is quite nice to be able to do, to be able to see the progression. Uh, and then we're also going to preview the Burnley and the Arsenal games as well. We've also got a couple of the lads coming on uh, a little bit later on in the pod, which is amazing. Uh, got Darren Doherty coming on, who's been on before. Uh, Matthew Purchase as well. And also Chris Cunningham, who won our competition. Uh, we're all coming on to speak a little bit later about their feelings around us winning the league uh, and the excitement and joy. Uh, that that's brought to them. But before then, we're going to have a little look at these games. But even before that, how, how are you getting on, Amo? What's been going on? Do you know what, Danny? I'm not even going to waste time telling anyone about my week or anything like that. I just want to say on air, I've said it to you in, 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 over the internet and in, in person, congratulations to you, Faith. Um, to everyone listening, Danny become a father again this week for the third time with um, his wife, Faith, baby Charlotte. um we're doing this podcast at the moment at 20 past 10 at night, um, and I think he'll forgive him for saying that. I can see the look on his eyes. He's absolutely shattered. And what commitment <laughs> to him for actually doing this. And we're all family men, but uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks, it's been intense for Danny and Faith, and all with the lockdown and the long wait. So I just want to say congratulations, and how was baby Charlotte getting on to start off with Danny? Thank you very much, man. Yeah, she's doing good. She's doing good. She's uh, At this stage, babies are just eating and sleeping, Andy, but just trying to get the balance in it. So she's up during the night. So it obviously, makes you tired. You get that sort of, you lack and sleep a little bit. So I'm trying to get up a little bit during the night and then trying to get a bit of sleep so that then, at half seven, my other two, I've got two other kids. One's about to turn six, one's three. And um, so they're up at half seven. So I try and get up and do stuff with them, keep them busy so that my wife can have a bit more of a sleep and she can be a little bit more alive. Uh, So yeah, it's all just a balancing act at the minute, but she's good. She's good, man. Can't complain at all. She's she's in good form. Hi, well, I just wanted to say, Danny, I mean, I'm sure your life has changed dramatically and uh, I just want to get in there before we discuss the games. Um, So, Daddy, (laughs) Daddy daddy was waiting um, outside for a long time um, when there's his, his wife was in, in labour and we were texting away and stuff and uh, all what's going on with COVID and the restrictions and stuff like that. So we all, I think we all know after a post on the Facebook page, you know, Charlotte was born, was about 10 to 11 on Thursday? Yep. Last week. So um, a lot of these would have been sitting there getting angry about the City game or whatever, but like, you actually sat there whilst your wife was in labour. Watching Liverpool versus Manchester City. Am I correct, honey? <laughs> yeah, there was a specific moment uh, I think where I thought to myself, "I'm gonna have to turn this off," which was that my, my wife like had a contraction and sort of shouted, and I shouted at the same time. And the midwife was like, "Are you like having contraction? Like, are you feeling it with it?" And I was like, "No, Liverpool just hit the post." And they all <laughs> kind of looked at me, and I was like, oh, maybe maybe I shouldn't be doing this." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you kind of sense the engagement. I mean, and I'm assuming there's a lot of women about, and they're always into football, aren't they? And you, you, you know your crowd, Danny. You? Yeah, and the worst part was that the main midwife was a massive Man City fan. So once it got to 3-0, I turned it off then. And I was like, can't keep watching this because she's giving me abuse. My wife's looking at me like she's going to kill me. I better stop here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I forgive you, but, you know, it'll always be the day that you're seeing the champions walk out for the first time. The same day that your daughter was born, so that, that's something to, to tell her tell and pass on through the generations, isn't it, Danny? Exactly, exactly, and I, I didn't want to miss it. <laughs> yeah, they kind of rang me at about <laughs> quarter past seven and said, right, you can come in now, she's gone into labour, and I was like, oh, I'm going to miss this walk out here. So, I <laughs> in, sat down in the room and then uh, quickly flicked on the phone to see them walking out. <laughs> uh, well, such a bad I life. just want to say a massive congratulations to you, Faith, and um, I'm sure... Speaking for everyone listening and all our close family circles of friends, God bless you. And, uh, you know, fair fair play to you in the lockdown. Two kids every day of the week, and now it's going to be free for a while. So, um, yeah, fair play to you, Danny. We'll we'll get back to the football, but I can see it in your eyes. And I just want to say a massive thank you as a close friend of mine now that uh, I appreciate that you're taking the time to do this. And I'm sure our listeners out there, wherever you are listening, um, you know, be grateful because Danny really is shattered right now. <laughs> and I think if that doesn't prove how much we love this pod and love the football, I don't, I don't know what will. But uh, nearly, nearly missed the birth of a child. But. Well, uh, you did ask me the question about City. I mean, we've got City Villa. and am to preview so. We don't have a lot of time. What can I say about City? I think it was to hang over and win the league. Um, I think we had a decent enough start. Salah at the post, which you referred to there. Yeah. I think we just didn't take our chances, and City took theirs. And I've heard a lot of people say, um, you know, it, City can do that for anyone, and that's kind of it's kind of true. It, it, it just goes to show. I think you texted me, Danny, and you said the uh, great tactics by Jürgen Klopp. You said there, uh, Danny texted you on the weekend, said, great tactics by Jürgen Klopp. Um he's just letting City win to make so they don't have to strengthen in the summer and uh, give them a false sense of security. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what to say, Danny, except for I mean I watched the whole game. I watched it with a Manchester United fan, a big shout out to Johnny Fatty. Shame shame on him watch uh supporting City, shame on him, a United fan. Wow. But it was hard hard to watch with him because um, he was he was loving life. Um but no one can take away that guard of honour. Um Joe Gomez had a bit of a nightmare in that game. I don't think he's been up to scratch since, the lock- since after the lockdown. Um, another day we scored first with that Salah had supposed a couple of inches. Manny had a couple of chances that kind of went under his feet. Um, and we should have really. I think a fair result in that game probably would have been like a, a 3 2 to City, something like that. But it is what it is. We move on. We're lucky that it wasn't 5 0. end at the end, I don't know if you've seen Morris's goal, Danny. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the highlights the next day, yeah. Yeah, so we're lucky enough it was. So, I don't really want more to say, but that's a, let's just move on. That was the day that Baby Charlotte was born, and that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, Villa, Villa was um, it was going that way, wasn't it, Danny? It was, it was, it was tight going up until Manny scored. Yeah, I think I think that's the comparison between the City game and the Villa game. Is that as Klopp said, I think at the end of the City game when he was doing his interviews, on another day we take those chances, and it's a completely different game. And that's what Villa was, is that Villa was a game where we took the chances. We had few chances, but we took those chances, and that's what gave us the lead. Um, and that's the reality of it. It's just against City, we didn't really take them. Against Villa, we did. But as you said, I think since coming back from lockdown, I, I personally think that probably Van Dijk and maybe Mane are probably the only players that really look up to scratch, really. The rest of them are looking a little bit leggy and a little bit sort of, we've already won the league, We don't need to worry quite as much type of thing. Well, I would I would agree with you, to but I'd also say Mo Salah as well. I mean, you got two goals tonight, um, and we going out going on Thursday. So last night to people listening, um, and he made the difference when he he played against um, Crystal Palace because he didn't play against Everton, did he? So I would definitely say Van Dijk and Mane, but definitely Salah as well. And I mean, also I think what the the problem is with the, the the Villa game there as well was I think as much as we love Origi, and we have our little jokes about him and stuff like that, it just goes to show. That as good as Aurier is, European Cup winner, Premier League winner, scores in Champions League final. As good as he is, and I certainly don't think he's out of place or out of depth at Liverpool. It just goes to show the difference in class in him and Firmino. Because when Firmino come on against Villa, his little even Carragher said in the, the comments, his little touches, he's just a little bit more faster. He's got a better touch. Um, it was great play between the front three as well for Manny's first goal, and great to see Curtis Jones get a goal as well. Yeah. Um, No, Scouser, great to see, celebrating his contract there, coming off the bench and scoring. I think Klopp is trying to get Williams and Jones those five appearances, isn't he? He really is. And you know what? I don't blame him. He has said, hasn't he? And I do agree with him that these boys are training in and out every single day. To win a league, the entire squad, the entire club has to be behind it and has to be working every single day, not just the 11 players on the pitch. But your boys who they're playing against, your boys who are in the squads, your, your people that are making the dinners for them, the, the fitness coaches, the physios, everyone has to really be on the A game all the time. And I don't think it's fair that the likes of Nico Williams will have three appearances and doesn't get a medal at the end. Um, it should be less. Because it's not as if like the Premier League can't afford to give us a few more extra medals. Um, so I think, yeah, I think he is wanting to get them a medal. And I don't blame him. And you sort of think with this many games left, um, it's it's good and it's good experience for them and as you said Curtis Jones came on he took his chance done really well against Villa I thought when he came on he was sort of he was a shining light really on that team when he came in he was really trying and stuff um, which was good and obviously it paid off because he got the goal at the end um, but yeah I think it'll be good experience for those boys that I think they'll be able to take into next season and really give it a go Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. One side note that I will mention, it occurred to me, I'm not it with anyone, and I don't want to go too much into it because I know our time is limited tonight, but it's mad the way you have to have five appearances to get a Premier League medal. Mm. And you could make five appearances of a minute and get a Premier League medal. Because in theory, you could start four games and play the whole 90 minutes in four games and not get a medal. It just doesn't seem to... I, I, I don't get that to be honest with you the way I look at it is if you've in a competition um, for a minute whether it's a minute of 30 games or not you should be entitled to a medal I know people would say well no you shouldn't but at the end of the day you've still played in the competition you know what I mean you, you could have made a, a tackle or a block or, or anything like that so that's a side note I just wanted to like, see what people's thoughts are on that yeah. um, don't forget we've always got the email address ammo um, and danny's Ash and fair road that's one word ammo and danny's Ash and fair road at gmail.com if you want to give any thoughts, and we've got our Facebook page, well, that, that, that kind of annoys me a little bit, but at the, at the end of the day, Klopp has given them the, the time, and I think Curtis Jones, and uh, Brandon Williams at the end of the season, not Brandon Williams, and <laughs> oh, my, my head's gone blank, what's his first name, Danny? Nico Williams. <laughs> Williams, like, he plays United, God, I shouldn't have said that, but yeah, <laughs> Nico Williams, and uh, Curtis Jones at the end of the season, will be Premier League winners, and uh, that's something that, no, even Steven Gerrard can't say that, so, you know, <laughs> What, what can he say? And I thought the game tonight um, against Brighton, uh, for the half that Nico Williams played, he, he played well, didn't he? He did. I, yeah, I think Klopp only brought him off because he had the yellow card, and I think it will hinder yeah. his chances. If he's gonna if he ends up getting a red, he's out for a few games, he, he comes back a bit sluggish, it means the Klopp has to throw him in to be able to give him that medal. So I don't blame him for bringing him off. Um, but he looked feisty, I thought, first half, first half of the match. Uh, he looked really good, he looked real fit He was sort of searching for that ball You find a lot of young people And even like Minamino when he's played his first few games He kind of shy away a little bit He don't ask yeah. for the ball, he don't want it He kind of just want to be on the pitch and find the burdens He's come on, he was fighting for every ball He wanted it, you could hear him shouting for it and, and wanting to be a part of the game Him and Curtis Jones seem to be those types of players That they're not wanting yeah. to shy away They're wanting to come in and really do everything to those chances now we'll also say that tackle he made in the first half when we were winning 2-1 it was a vital challenge he made you know um, mm. and yeah fair play to him so he's definitely one for the future another side note that I've heard a lot of people mention and I do want to kind of mention it. I think since lockdown Kaita has been brilliant and we're starting to see glimpses of what he can actually offer um, the problem is here is that I think since he's joined Liverpool there's been three or four times that we've seen glimpses of Kaita. And what he can do, haven't we? He just hasn't had that run of games. Yeah, I think injuries have really hindered him, Jordan, his season. Um, I think the first two games back, people have gone, oh, Kaiser doesn't look and He doesn't look like he's up to much. But again, like as I said, a lot of the teams don't look like they're up to much. Before they won the league, a lot of boys are still sluggish coming back from um, the whole lockdown situation. But I think tonight he really shone. Like he chased down that ball really well. Obviously, the first goal, especially, was all because of Keita and what he'd done. Um, I think he, he worked really, really hard in that midfield and it showed tonight. And I thought he was easily... I, I thought I felt a bit sorry for him actually coming off in the second half. Yeah. I think he would have got man of the match if he would stayed on. Yeah, well, also, another thing about the, the, the game against um, Brighton tonight was they're a dogged team and, and for Salah to get two goals, probably should have got a hat-trick, actually. Mm. Um He's—he—I he's, he, would not shock me one bit. I think he's three goals behind Vardy. It would not shock me one bit if Salah become top goal scorer again this season. I mean, for someone that's a one-season wonder, how many times did you hear that about Most <laughs> Salah, one-season wonder? Um, as Carragher quite, you know, rightly put in the commentary tonight, he's up there with all with the all-time Premier League greats. With like the, the statistics. you know, I think I've seen a thing. It's about 115, and 20 games Liverpool, and he's you know he's been involved in. I think before tonight. It was a hundred goals and assists, I think it was like seventy six goals and twenty four assists, and that'll be even better tonight um would not shock me one bit if a gets a goal and boost the third season in a row. It wouldn't I know he's greedy at times, but all great strikers, and I can speak this not as a great striker, but as a striker <laughs> <laughs> um we're all greedy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got to have that, though, haven't you, as a striker? And I can appreciate that Like as someone who doesn't play up front. You can see, though, that I think to be a top-level striker, you've got to have that in your locker. You've got to have that ability to be able to take the game by the scruff of the net and believe in your own ability. And, yes, you need players like Firmino that are prepared to set people up and are prepared to do that graft. And that's what makes Liverpool's front three amazing. But as a top-level, 20-goal-a-season striker, you have to be prepared to back yourself and be in a situation where, yes, you could square it to someone and give them an opportunity, but you've got to instinctively think, no, I can score this. I can get it myself. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Yeah, well, that's it. And he he does back himself up because he's got a fair few assists as well. I think the thing with Salah is is what we're kind of... And this has been hypercritical. In games where we're comfortable, 2-3-0, when he's had a chance to square it, he does try and score. But you have to take in mind that he, he's he been top goal scorer the last two years in a row, and it's always in the back of his mind. And at the end of the day, when his career's over, when the season's over, you don't remember those times he didn't pass. You just remember him being golden boot winner. So I get that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, although we'll, it, it will be difficult in our next game against Burnley, won't it? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one just to finish on it. I think, as you said, he wants to get top goalscorer and you don't blame him for that. And to a certain extent, the thing is with Salah that I notice is that the team comes first. When they're starting off and it's nil-nil, team comes first. If he sees a better chance for someone else to score, then he gives them that chance. But when you see in a game like tonight where the 3-1 up, we are basically going to be winning it, Brighton aren't really getting any chances at that point. He's looking over at Marnie, and yet there was a couple of chances he could have played an earlier ball to Marnie. But I'm sure in the back of his head, he's probably thinking to himself, well, do you know what? The more assists I get and goals Marnie gets, the more likely it is that he's going to overtake me in the golden boot. So it becomes a competition within a competition, and you don't blame them yeah. like, for thinking to himself, Do you know what, I'd rather try and take it on myself and get the goal, we're already winning, the team comes first, we're already winning the game, now this is about me trying to get this award, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and that's what's going to keep Liverpool's front three being as good as they are, is having that competition within the competition, which is good. Yeah, well yeah, 100% could agree more. Um... So our next game, Burnley, they, they, they won again tonight. Um, I think it was West Ham they beat. Yep, um, West, West, Ham West Ham won fight, fighting for their lives. Um, they're such a hard season. They've been a bogey team for the poor as well, haven't they? Yeah, Burnley can still make European football this season. They're not far off the points to be able to make top seven. So they've got a lot to fight for, which is the thing, is that some of the teams that we've got, the likes of Brighton tonight, Brighton are not mathematically... Um, out of relegation but they're more or less clear if you know what I mean with the games that they've got left coming up um, Burnley have still got a lot to play for so they're going to come flying out of the blocks and it'll probably be interesting I think the only thing keeping Liverpool going and keeping them pushing is this this record now Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's keeping Liverpool going at the minute but Burnley have got something to play for they've got some good players in their squad they're grinding out wins since they've come back from lockdown as you said beat West Ham 1-0 uh, just there in that game tonight and I think it's going to be a tough game I think it's going to be a hard one I think it'll be it'll be tight if if not if not like we'll just scrape a win I think Yeah well just a thing I think in our next correct me if I'm wrong we've got four games left now Um, I think we need we have to win three of them to, to break the record Um, and we um we can't we have to win three we we can't have a couple of draws and a couple of wins we've got to win three two it? It's a game that you kind of have to win um for this record, but it's a, it's a, you know it's such a hard team to play a games' just so well organized they remind me of the Bolton of old and the samalddis they're a team they they're so dogged and they you know they' set piece team, but when you allow them to play. Um, they've still got quality as well. It's not like they're just one one trick ponies. They do have quality and, and you, your man up front, Rod Reyes he's coming to a bit of form when you've got your man Cook up front as well. Mm. Um the likes of Ben May at the back and all solid Premier League defenders. Um Pope and Gold was one of the best in the league over the last couple of seasons as well. Um, there's such a hard team to play But I think like anything like tonight in the in the And get mixed up There's been that many games Tonight in the Brighton game We scored at the right times Didn't we I think that's going to be Another case The first goal Is going to be important Against Burnley You know If if it's If we're sitting here 60 minutes And it's no-no You're sitting there And you're like Oh no Um. So I hope we score early And kind of Ease the nerves Um, But yeah I think anyone listening To this podcast And anyone who knows football Just knows how tough That game is You know Yeah no, I agree with you. And I think the thing is that you've got to remember is that the two games after this is going to be against Arsenal and then against Chelsea. So it, it is a must-win game. I think if, we, if we've got any chance of getting this record, we, we have to win three out of the four. We need nine points uh, to be able to break this record. So Liverpool have got to go for all out in this because if we're going to drop a game, we're probably going to drop it somewhere between the Arsenal and Chelsea. So we need to make sure that we go all guns blazing in this. What would be your... Prediction for how this game's going to go? Burnley. I see it going like the Villa game. I'm going to go 2-0 to Liverpool. Um, That's a modest prediction for me normally. (laughs) But yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 Liverpool. I can see us getting a goal and then probably getting a second and just kind of easing the game out. Um, Yeah, 2-0. What about yourself? Yeah, it's going to be tight. Burnley have got a really, really good defensive record in the league this season. They don't concede many goals. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go two one. I'm gonna go two one. I think Burnley have been getting goals as of late. They've got a good strike force there, especially with Rodriguez. Rodriguez is a good player. Uh, again, just been marred by injuries. Um, and I think, yeah, I think two one. I'm gonna go two one. I think it will be a tight match. Um, yeah,
1: fair enough.
2: So the game after that then comes the Arsenal game, which will go out before our next podcast goes out the following Thursday. Arsenal yeah. Arsenal are a very hit-and-miss team at the minute. They started off coming out of lockdown absolutely shocking, like with two real horrendous losses. Um, but they've kind yeah. of found their feet again now. They're starting yeah. to get a bit of form. Lacazette's come back into the team, and he's starting to play well for the change. Bamiyang obviously chasing that golden boot, the same as Salah. Um, so he is coming out all guns blazing every week. Um, a couple of good players in midfield as well, Guendouzi and and boys like that are playing really well. Um, how do you how do you see it going? Oh, it's a, it's one of them where like Arsenal have become a bit of a laughing stock, you know, over the last three or four years, yeah. Um Well, even longer than that. But um, they're a team again that like whenever you give them a chance to play, they've got quality in the team. You know, Arsenal have got one of the best youth setups in the whole of world football, and they've got a lot of young players. And it seems it seems to me that they have a turn up and they play great and win, or they um or they just come a bit short and lose because they don't fight as much. I know it's it's sound uh, mad me saying when they win or they lose because they drew against Leicester, but I think they were lucky to to win against Leicester because they had the man sent off and stuff, and Leicester had a few chances at the end and Leicester quality. Mm. But when it comes to them, when they switch on, like if if they rolled over Liverpool, you wouldn't be sitting there and be like. I am so shocked at that. Especially because they are fighting again. A bit like what you said about Burnley, they're fighting for top seven. Yeah. You know, this this is the this is the danger now with all teams that we play. Is that it only we've seen it with City, it's only that extra five percent that they have that we could lose, and that's where we lose the game. Yeah. Um, and it's okay with the greatest respect to Villa and Brighton. Our quality is shun but you know, over them two teams. Mm. And you would like to think again against Burnley. Our quality is shining against Burnley, but when it comes to Arsenal, they really do have quality. And you know, Abamyang is actually linked with Liverpool. I wouldn't mind taking him at Liverpool for a couple of years. You know, and um, it's certainly about great competition with Mourinho for that, you know, main spot. Um, but yeah, with him on the team, they've always got a chance. You know, it's kind of like the the Liverpool of old, with, with Gerrard, You always had a chance, and with Abamyang, you've always got a chance. It wouldn't shock me one bit if Arsenal rolled us over. It wouldn't. It mm. would not shock me one bit. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm going to go with my heart as I always do as everyone knows listening to that and I'm going to go it's going to go our way and we're going to be 3-1 victors um, and I fancy Salah to get a couple of goals as well because as I say in Burnley it's going to be tight for Salah but I think Arsenal's the type of team that will allow as much as they're good footballers and they have quality they'll allow us to play football I don't think they're as gritty as the likes of your Burnley's or, um, or like Brighton's I don't see Arsenal being gritty so I feel but there will be goals, and I think it'll be Salah will be trying to score. Yeah. That's interesting. Like It is going to be an interesting game, as you said. It's not a case of like the, there's a bit of an outside chance for them. They're one spot off seventh, like one point. That's all they need. Uh, and I think if we were to beat Burnley in our next game, it almost gives Arsenal more ammunition because then they know it opens up that gap a little bit for them to be able to get those points, to be able to get into that um, European spot and also give them a little bit of breathing room as well, that they haven't got other teams breathing down the neck. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting. Um, I think they sort of suffered a little bit, Arsenal, with big fish syndrome. I think they, they had a great team years ago and they were unbeatable and all the rest of it. But Arsenal now just aren't the team they used to be. And as you said, I think Arsenal won't sit back and absorb the pressure because they think they're a bigger team than what they are. And I think they're gonna they're gonna go out and play their football and think we can match Liverpool toe to toe because we're the same type of team as them. When really they're not. So I think it will give us a chance to be able to get goals and get chances. And also, as good as Arsenal are, you can you can name your Abamyang, your Lacazette, your Gwendozis, and all these different boys that are there, uh, Jaka and all them. The the defense is poor. So I think Liverpool will get chances. Um, to be able to really exploit that back line. But again, as you said, I think their attacking line is good. And also Arsenal, speaking about them being like Liverpool, um, Arsenal turn up in big games. I've always noticed Arsenal will get beat by teams that aren't that good and then suddenly come up against big teams and suddenly turn it on. So as you said, if Arsenal were to come out and play really good football, it wouldn't surprise me if they match us toe-to-toe in that game. Um, so I'm similar to you I'm going to go 3-2 I'm going to go 3-2 Liverpool I think we'll get enough chances Because of their defence um, But I think they will get goals as well Because they've got they've got a good enough forward line And the pace of Aubameyang I think he will really match Van Dijk at the back um, To try and exploit him a bit And get some goals so, yeah. But yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Big, big game players always turn up in big games and Bamiang is a big game player and he'll, he'll see it as a challenge playing against Van Dyke. I agree with all what you've said. I think a lot of people listening to this and a lot of people who, who you know, follow football week in, week out, know what Arsenal like. It just scares me that if we're 5 or 10% are, you know, below par, mm. Arsenal really do have that quality that can punish you. And that's where, that's where you look at the likes of your Brightons and your Villas and your Bournemouths and your Palaces with the greatest respect you see, you see all the teams. You don't really have the quality, and we look against Palace because it's a hard come off. Um, but Arsenal do, and they've just got to right through the team. Yeah. Um, I know there's a whole thing with Ozil and not playing, but whatever you think about him, he's probably technically the best player. and The fact that he can't even make the day squad of whatever his attitude is, there isn't, it just goes to show that they haven't done lacking in quality. Yeah, but that's that's where I worry about a, a, a game like Arsenal and. But over the years, I think over the years, there's been some classics, hasn't it? with Liverpool and Arsenal, like some, some real, real blockbusters? Like. Yeah, yeah, there was a whole end-of-season game where Arsenal beat us in the last game of the season for um, for us to lose the league uh, a number yeah. of seasons back. There's been a number of sorts of big games and almost four became four. a bit of a derby four four. for a while. Yeah, I remember the 4-4. Um, Andre Arshivan, four goals at Liverpool, was, yeah. I, I was at that game when I was at that yeah. game. <laughs> I always remember a game where we played Arsenal yeah, in the FA Cup thing, we'd be 3-1, 4-1, and Omri come off and he got he got cheered, but long gone of them days for Arsenal, so as I say, I, I see Liverpool shining through, but I just think if we're off off the pace, they're a the team that can't punish you, um, but yeah, as you said, Danny, the defence isn't the greatest, so, I mean, with with or Bob at centre-back, you, you're <laughs> never going to be great, the greatest, <laughs> are you? I know. It's going to be interesting to see if he actually plays or not. He's renewed his contract, but he hasn't actually started since he has. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But we're going to be bringing on a few lads in a few minutes to be able to discuss about uh, us winning the league and and what it means to them. Uh, And especially being over here with that whole link uh, between Liverpool and also over here on uh, the island of Ireland um, to be able to see what's been going on over here, Jordan, this time. Uh, of celebration but before we get them on I'm going to ask them this question as well and uh, but also want to pose it to you Ammo. is that obviously we're talking about Liverpool getting these records because we've won the league and um, it's been confirmed we're going to be lifting the trophy when we play Chelsea in a couple of weeks time um, and obviously we're going to be lifting in an empty stadium what, what's that going to be like do you think it's going to be a little bit of a, a letdown or are you are you happy enough with the way that it is What what's your thoughts on it of course, Danny, I think we, we, we're we all going to agree. It's never going to be like it should, obviously. Um, but we keep around to it. We keep going on about it. It's it's, it's nothingness at the moment. Um, I, I heard someone say that there's going to be a social distancing lift of the trophy, um, which for me is just a joke because yeah. at the end of the day, they're all isolating together. You've seen them celebrating. There's this whole thing With the, the touch of the elbows Like it, 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 It's gone from like Elbows Like a kind of Awkward arm shake at all Football matches And <laughs> It's kind of like it. Uh, you don't want to have a go To footballers But at the end of the day They're getting tested regularly and, and they're all isolating So At the end of the day Just do it normal And we out the, out the fans Because if they end up Lifting the trophy everyone like two metres apart For me that's just a mere joke Like what's yeah. the actual point in that I'd rather wait till next season Like it's just You know They've got to kind of just Fair enough, they can't be fans there, but like, at least let them do it properly, you know. Um, I don't know, there'll still be certain people to do it in front of, there could be a couple of other people at Anfield, you know, with the directors and legends and stuff like that that are allowed in, so they'll still have someone to kind of lift the trophy too, but I, I think the only thing I can say is I hope it gives them motivation for whenever Fans are allowed back into do it in front of them because yeah. it'll be kind of like when the European Cup we beat Milan. Okay, we'd won the European Cup so many times, but we waited so long and we brought it home. So there's that exit incentive. The game was a miracle, obviously, but it was incentive to bring the European Cup back to Anfield. I think the incentive Liverpool players now will be. They've kind of done everything over the last three years now. They've, they've won everything that they can, really, apart from a couple of domestic cups. I think the motivation for Liverpool players should be now because a lot of them are still in the peak and have got two, three years in them, is to do that in front of fans, maybe next season or the season after. I think that's what the motivation should be and I think that'll be more sweeter. But for me, this season, lifting it in front, in front of no fans, yeah, it's disheartening, but we've discussed it a thousand times over. It's just a case of we're getting to lift it and that's, that there is the biggest relief in the world. You know, What about yourself? Yeah, it's interesting. The whole thing is interesting. I think this is why people are getting confused by the situation. I don't get, like, you'll have seen yourself the difference between the City game and the Villa game and then the Brighton game. This whole, like, social distance guard of honour as well. It's like, some of the, obviously, Villa didn't. They, They stayed far enough away from Liverpool, but they all stayed close together, which made it like a proper guard of honour, which was decent. City and then Brighton have done this whole, they're all standing two metres apart and they're all really wide as well. But then they all, like two minutes later, are going toe to toe on the pitch. Why is there a difference between that and then them being so close on the pitch? Like, what, what is the difference when they've all been tested and they all <laughs> know they're okay? I, I don't get it. It doesn't make it a whole lot of sense. Um, and then, yeah, if they'd done a, a social distance lifting of the trophy, it'd just be a bit of a joke, really. Um, because, again, as I said, they'd all be playing together on the pitch, playing the game. They, they train together, they do everything together. Why do they then have to stand apart to lift the trophy? Uh, it makes no sense whatsoever. So, hopefully, that doesn't happen. Um, but I've said it before, um, it'll be disappointing from a, a fan's perspective. You want to hear the cheers, you want to hear the joy. Um, but at the same time, with we play amateur league football, we know what it's like to win trophies with five people watching it didn't <laughs> it didn't do my celebrations at all when you lift the trophy in front of me nan and three other people that don't know uh, and we all still <laughs> pop the champagne and go mental <laughs> like no one cares you win you win you're excited about it so I think I think for them it's not going to be as bad as what we think it is um, yeah. but I think the media will hype it up to make it seem like it was ridiculous well that's it I'd just say it'll still be a day celebration and boy will I be celebrating <laughs> yeah, exactly Now, as we said, we're going to have a few boys on in a few minutes, uh, but we're going to take a quick break first for us to be able to uh, catch our breath back, and then we're going to hear from those lads. Um, But, yeah, thank you so much for joining in the analysis, Ammo, and thank you all for listening so much to Ammo and Danny's Irish Amphill Rose. Alright folks, so welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Amphill Road. Well guys, our second part of the show, we've got our three special guests, okay? So we've got Matthew Purchase back on, who's going to let us know um, the lowdown on Liverpool and what the atmosphere is like. I'm sure people know what he's on. Uh, Great to have him back. We've also got local uh, singer and songwriter Dad and Doherty. Again, a privilege to have him back. Um, You may have heard him in the previous part and some of the celebrations where I was going a bit mental. Um, and of course, celebrating our 20th episode, we've got our competition winner on Chris Cunningham. Um, he's bagged himself 20 quid, so don't spend that all at once. But most importantly, he's bagged himself a 10 minute slot on the podcast. Now, just before I introduce Chris, guys, uh, me and Chris go a long, long, long way back. Um, he's one of my closest friends in Strabane, I've known him, in a long time, um, and he's an absolute Avest and passionate Liverpool fan, so without further ado, welcome Chris Cunningham. How are you, buddy? Not too bad. So on yourself. Oh, brilliant! Um, I'll introduce you to Danny as well. Uh, Danny. Uh, Danny, how's it going? Doing good, man. Doing good. We've had loads of messages off here, you know on the pod over the last little while, and uh, that we've read out and stuff. So it's nice to meet you face to face. I well, the face isn't too pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great to get listeners on as well and as I say you've won the competition Chris um, and as promised so we've got maybe about 10 minutes here now um, Chris so I, I, I'll i let people know you know you, you, you are what I would call a massive massive football enthusiast Chris is actually a qualified referee um, he's a local football manager um, in around the area of Traban has been for a long time he's played everything from goalkeeper to centre-back um, to right back to up front, I've seen him playing every position over the years, um, and he's also a massive, massive Liverpool fan. Um, he's also—I don't know if you call it a blessing or a curse—he's actually got three girls as well. Um, so yeah, it's basically. Buddy, tell us your story. <laughs> Ten months isn't
1: enough. <laughs> uh, so basically, guys, I'm supporting Liverpool since I was about four years of age. In a house of five kids, mum and dad, I was the only Liverpool fan that came out of that house. The rest were Man United and Chelsea, so I was brave on that decision. Um, My daughters, all Liverpool fans, um, I have one girl who's actually at university in Liverpool, absolutely loves the city, and invites me over. Or should I say, I invite myself over. (laughs) Um, But Liverpool for me is. probably the be all and end all of everything. Um, I don't miss any games. Um, I booked book time off specifically on work just for a game. Um, and again the local our local bar, Dicey Rileys, nearly everything there's a game on, I'm on the bar. I'm one of the first and probably one of the last to leave. Um, whether we won, lose or draw. But um, no my, my youngest daughter she would be um, nearly as enthusiastic about Liverpool as I am. She probably knows more than me, and she's only sixteen. But for me, Liverpool's just, you know, one in the league has been absolutely the greatest thing to happen in the last thirty-eight years. Never mind thirty years. You know, I vaguely, I I vaguely remember us, you know, won in nineteen
2: ninety. But this, this is probably special this time. And uh, Chris give 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 we Alex a shout out there that's your youngest who's she's just Liverpool mad, isn't she? Uh well Liverpool
1: mad doesn't sort of come on it, she just everything's everything's Liverpool, um, everything's Trent Alexander Arnold. You know, she has this thing, she tells me, you know, uh, age is only a number and you know I'm gonna marry Trent and I'm like, ah, that's okay. <laughs> that's the one man it's the one man that I do allow her to marry <laughs>
2: Um, and tell me this, so Danny, um, we've mentioned in previous pods. You know, you've you've managed teams in the past, and Chris, mm. you've 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 managed teams over the years. And tell, just tell us briefly, uh, if you can describe it, in maybe a couple of sentences. What's it like being a local amateur football manager? How how hard and how rewarding is it at the same time to be? And obviously, Danny, you chipping as well, because you've you've been in that situation, uh, what is it actually like? Because you know, as players, we take it for granted. We just turn up, we pay our three quid on a Saturday and we're just hoping we not on the bench, but that's about the extent of all worries. What, what is that like, Chris? Uh, it's hard. There, there, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff.
1: You know, um, players don't see it often. Um, I try my best to keep it away from players, let the players come, play their football, enjoy their football, and hopefully get the results. Um try my best for everybody, and it's, at the end of the day, for me, it's the reward for me is giving young people and young board and footballers the opportunity to play football, you know, because it's not always available to people.
2: Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, you, you've done it before as well, Danny, haven't you, buddy? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a thankless job, isn't it, Chris? I think that's the thing is that there's somewhere much and, and I, manage, I manage teams over in Liverpool and then I manage teams over here as well and I've noticed that amateur league over here is just, seems like a far bigger standard of football. You've got your own pitches, you've got <laughs> Like you've got to have the kits all laid out. There's training regimes, there's all sorts of stuff. There's not just a turn up on a Saturday, play pay a couple of quid, get on a pitch, like have a smoke before you run onto the pitch to play 90 minutes. Like, boys are really committed over here. Like, you've got full committees for teams and stuff like that. So, there's that added pressure for, for what is basically a voluntary role. So, there's got to be a lot more. 40 if you know what I mean so there's got to be a lot more behind it not just because you love football but surely you do for far bigger reasons than just that I, th- I think um, when you say the standard the,
1: the commitment of players over here um, as a whole and as a team is a, a bigger a bigger factor mm-hmm. um, I do believe that the standard of players you know um, from England compared to here you know individually players will be a lot stronger, a lot more physical. You know, when you, when you see players going across the water to try and make it at 15 and 16, that standard shows then. But as a collective and as a team and as a whole and a community, that's it's, it's a lot better structured than all here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing I've noticed, if I don't mind me coming in here, is that over here, um, I remember, I'm not going to mention the team name, but I remember playing for a team just over the border about maybe three or four years ago. Um, and people were actually paying to go and watch the game, um, and there was a crowd of maybe a couple of hundred people, and I I, I couldn't help but to think to myself if, if I was playing in Liverpool at that standard, you'd be lucky to get a man and his dog, you know it just it wouldn't have been recognised. Yet people were paying, and I remember one I remember a mum come up to me um, on the sideline and went I've put a five on you to score first goal, and I was like I right, you know catch yourself what are you on about. And uh, it turns out I was in the local bookies And they were actually Taking bets For that particular team Because it was down south um, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it um, But the standard of football I mean Danny You've been over here Chris You've been back and forth And you've played We've we have a charity match You've seen people from The pro. The standard over here Is taken a lot more seriously But the standard over say, Across the seas Wouldn't be maybe As followed Would it be fair In saying that Danny? Yeah, I think unless you get to a good level of football, like I know boys who play conference league football, and once you get into that level, yes, you're getting a couple of hundred people coming to watch if you play in Northern Amateur League and different things like that. But to turn up to a normal amateur league game, the way that you do over here, and similar to yourself, when I joined a team over here, it was just a normal pay five pound turn up on a Saturday team. But they've got their own pitch, they've got a committee, they've got groundsmen, they've got... All sorts going on, and it is just—it's a bit of a different level the way amateur league has ran over here. Obviously, there's still a lack of sense. If someone was prepared to put a five on you to score first goal, people obviously still don't have a clue about football <laughs> over here as well. But there you go. It's all, it's all, it's all messy. <laughs> the left back brigade there in full force, can't he? So what I'll do is I'll move us swiftly on, Chris. So kind of to summarise, we'll go back to the pool and the league. Um, Chris, we've sat there watching the pool matches. We've you particularly being a little bit older, <coughs> I've got seen the hard times. You've seen the full circle, Chris. You've seen us go from winning the league to being, you know, to having Christian Pulis in, in the midfield to us, you know, <laughs> winning the winning the league again. And you know, let's let's not forget that we have won the Champions League, there, the World Cup Cup, um, and the the Super Cup. What does that feel like, there, Chris? If you had to say in a couple of sentences how good that is to your life personally, what would you say?
1: Um, on a personal level, it's uh, it's up there with the birth of my children and uh, getting married. I'm just not <laughs> say that it's passing it, but it's it's really up there. You know that doesn't get much better than you know this, especially when you look at uh, where the other teams are at the moment.
2: And um, on on the Thursday night there, the unprompted night, which will bring us quite you know quickly in the next minute or two into Darren because he was there too. What were the what were the scenes like outside a little bar in, in Strabane, um, and obviously haven't had like an hour an hour notice because you know, you were there, you were in your car, you were Alex, you were beeping your horn, you had your flags out the window. What was that like, Chris? Have you seen anything like that in Strabane before? Um, the only thing that cl- comes
1: close to that with Strabane has been the GA when thrown one big or something like that, or one of the local GA clubs won. Um, you don't get any other big teams and their supporters out doing that, so it just shows how big Liverpool are in
2: demand. Mm. Yeah, that's so so true. Well, uh, Danny, have you anything to say, Chris, before we go on to Darren? Or I just find it interesting, Chris. It might be worth pointing out because Ammo and I know Matthew when he comes on a bit will say about it as well. Is that when you come when you come from a city like Liverpool, you you don't pick a team; you're born into a team. So. A lot of people will find it quite fascinating that you have come from a family where you're the only Liverpool fan. Like, I think that's quite fascinating. Why? Why? Just in answering that quickly, why did you end up picking Liverpool? Why are you so passionate about it when your family were never invested in it?
1: Uh, match of the day. Liverpool happened to be the team that was on it at the time, and uh, me and me, one of my best mates, was sitting watching it, and we decided to start supporting Liverpool together. And we have all—I've always supported Liverpool. He changed in the early nineties, the Blackburn when they won the league. Mm. But he's back to Liverpool again now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a but I'm a glory hunter.
2: Where's half half of big guns? oh uh, class. Well, Chris, buddy, um you're a good friend of mine, and glad that you've met Danny. Glad to have you on. I know you're listen to Listener, and I just want to say thank you for coming on. And I, I will—I'll uh, get that twenty quid. to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> not, a, not a problem
2: <laughs> thank you chris um which brings us on to darren doherty um we had him on uh, as uh, one of our special guests um obviously a local uh, singer songwriter um he was one of our most popular episodes may i add. and obviously he was in our last episode i interviewed him just outside dicey's um so i think i to start off before introducing you Darren, is you said, if I remember correctly, it's the best thing that's ever happened to Stabano's, or, or something along those lines. Um,
0: <laughs> bring bring I, me I,
2: back I, that night where we just embraced. <laughs>
0: we did just embrace, absolutely, and uh, it was oh, it was quite something. Wasn't it? Like uh, I live around the corner from the bar, like literally around the corner, you know. And uh, so when when the final whistle went. Uh, and I live alone, so I was looking to see what was happening. <laughs> yeah, I had this overwhelming urge to leave the house. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. But then when I looked on Facebook, what did I see? But the, the, the infamous mothball outside uh, outside Decibellish was <laughs> a big flag. And I mean, he must have left the house in about 80 minutes. Do you know what I mean? He like, <laughs> like, had to have to get there immediately afterwards. And uh, I lifted my guitar. And I, I don't know if I'd have needed it or not. And lifted up and ran like hell with my scarf um, around the dices, and we went insane. And um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think what I said to you was, "This is the maddest thing that happened to Stravans since Opta began." And I think that's what it was. I think it was since Opta started great stats. But um, oh, it was it was it was amazing, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean. I was actually on video, to Danny recorded a bit for the pod. And I mean, Danny just—Danny was laughing his head off, and it was just great to see. And I mean, I—I I remember saying, said in the last pod, my girlfriend dropped me off, and I was so scared that there'd be like two people sitting there, yeah. you know, considering we're in the middle of Ireland, and you know, you know, is—is is it really going to be as big as you know, considering it was like half an hour notice for most people? But so if it would have been maybe the city game that we won and stuff like that, then yeah, I could have got why there would be so many people there, but. I mean, I'll bring Danny back into it. What was it like watching? Was you like wow, Danny? <laughs> this is the thing: is that me and me and Amo in starting this podcast. The whole purpose of it was to champion the support levels that there is over here for Liverpool. But there is always that element of which you do worry and think to yourself: Is there going to be people actually turning up when sort of the rubber hits the road? Is there going to be a load of people? where they said they were going to be and when Ammo rang me well when I rang Ammo for about the fourth time I had to listen to him just singing songs in his car for about 20 minutes before he actually answered his phone and when it came on the crowds there were just unreal just seeing everybody gathered together and the celebration you'd have thought you were in the middle of Liverpool pool watching it which was just amazing to see um, so yeah it sort of restored a lot of, a lot of faith that you thought you know what it is big it's really big over here and like for everyone listening to this from Liverpool, who listened to last week's pod, and you sort of do think to yourself like Liverpool, like everyone will celebrate in the city of Liverpool, it was just as big over there yeah, I mean Darren was a it was to tell me your thought of, of like that hour or two where everyone was congregated, I know we have to take into into to line the whole thing with social distancing and yeah. and stuff like that, but we we've mentioned the emotion building up over the years it was It was always going to happen, wasn't it that
0: it was and. I, I, and to be honest, when we went round, uh, it was a mix of emotions because you were just ecstatic. But I didn't jump into people's arms because, you know, the distance and thing. Like, But, uh, but the, 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 the kind of strange thing about that as well was that I was delighted to see people. <laughs> not, you know, not, not just to celebrate the, the, bloody, the, the, the trophy after all this time, but to, just to see people was a bloody buzz. But um, uh, <laughs> it, it was uh, it, it was to be honest, like the cars uh, circled the square in the town centre for at least an hour, like at yeah. least an hour, and that's that's a long time, man. Do you know, like for people to be running in the cars perfect fucking <laughs> hours. But um, it's uh, it's difficult. to, as with everyone else, you know, uh, like if this had been the most regular season, you know, like normal meat and potatoes season, and we wanted. To, you know, it still would have been the most emotional thing ever. But to 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 bring in the pandemic, to bring you know all this in there as well, just makes it yeah. the craziest thing ever. Like, um, I, I, for me, you know, I don't know about you, but the kind of the feelings I've been having is it's like a warm glow that you forget about, and then when you remember again, you go, yeah, yeah, Do You know it's what I mean? Smile. Ah, you're just like,
2: what was that thing? Oh, yes! <laughs> it's the thing! I, uh, I'm sorry to say this because cause my girlfriend doesn't listen, but whenever you pulled a hot girl when you were a teenager and then you see her two, three years later and you're like, I pulled her. Hell yeah. You're you know, <laughs> that, that <type> of feeling. <laughs> but yeah, Darren, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, tell me what you think. Um, and we'll ask Chris at the very end as well. I mean, if everyone actually come out the cars, obviously there was a lot of kids about and stuff that was getting on. If Evan actually come out the cars, they probably could have been two or three hundred people, couldn't
0: they? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, come here. Honestly, if we were... Again, if it was, you know, normal situation and, and the bar could have been packed and everything, you know, man, there would have been hundreds of people there. And that's... In, uh, come here, there's 13,000 people living in Strabane. Okay? You know, that it's a tiny place. All right? Like, and... You know, and there's hundreds of people I celebrate in Liverpool. <laughs> Do you know, it's... Uh, I, I don't know, it's, a, it's, it's such an odd thing, but how yeah. beautiful was it, you know what I mean, Unreal. It was
2: brilliant, and just quick before we kind of get on to Matthew O'Neill, how's things going with the career and obviously with the lockdown you haven't been able to earn money being in bars and stuff like that, so on a personal note, how are things going for yourself?
0: Not so bad, you know, um, don't get me wrong, I, you know, I'm missing the gigs, uh, also as well, uh, you know what, going out and playing the shows at the weekends are kind of my social life as well. Do you know what I mean? So I miss the going out and the, and the, the, the crack and all, you know, but no, I, I, I work from, uh, the studio at home as well. So, um, I've had plenty to keep myself occupied, you know, and I've been doing the odd, uh, Facebook live thing as well. Once every couple of weeks, you know what I mean? And, uh, and that's even just nice to have something to plan for throughout the day and, and then interact with people in the evening, you know what I mean? And, uh, we take requests and have a bit of crack with everybody. Do you know what I mean? It's more than that, but I, I can't wait to get out to the bar, man. And, and have the back and forth with people on the bar again. and and saying like, like the, as the listeners may or may not know the bar that we all, the, the local bar, Dicey Rally's, which is a predominantly a Liverpool bar. Like it's predominantly a Liverpool bar, but there's loads of manks in it too. Like, and the, and the, I play a gig at eight o'clock to 10 every Sunday in it. And, and, you think about the last two years, right? We were playing, and we were in great form every Sunday evening, pretty much, because we beat everybody. Like and, uh, <laughs> and uh, So I was, I was blasting out Virgil's song, and you <laughs> conquered all Europe, and all of them, and the poor man just had this sudden cake. And I can't wait to go back.
2: I can't wait go. That's it. Well, uh, anything's out there, Danny, or...? I just want to say, as a, as a matter of promotion, I suppose as a point to everything else, just for, uh, I know especially for Chris and Dad and yourself being over here, and we're talking about the, the, the passion that they have over here, just to let you all know, uh, there's actually a Liverpool car parade uh, on the 23rd of July, celebrating the Liverpool winning the league and all, uh, just on the Falls Road there in Belfast. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of cars, uh, there's about four to 500 people confirmed, it up to now, that are just going to flood the road in cars and flags and stuff like that, uh, from 7 wow. until 10. Um, so yeah, so if you're afraid, get yourselves down there, uh, it's going to be a big <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, Dan, thank you very much for giving us your little bit of insight and, and catching up there. we'll We'll mm-hmm. say a quick goodbye, hello, and goodbye at the end before we all go But Which mm-hmm. brings us on to our final guest, Matthew. Uh, Matthew, okay, so I'm going to let everyone in a little secret here. Matthew, from next season onwards, regarding, um, is going to be our match day reporter um, for most games that he can go to, as long as everyone's going to be back to normal. So thank you for getting you on board to start off with, Matthew. Fingers crossed, yep, yep, yep. But tell us, um, we've about 10 minutes or so here. Tell us all, because I'm I'm dying to know. Liverpool, like we know, social distancing didn't always come into effect, but the emotion building up. Just tell us what, how you how are you feeling now that was done? it, And what was Liverpool like, Matthew?
3: I'm um, feeling now. Um, it feels like I don't even know where we can go now. Um, we've now won absolutely everything that has been possible in my lifetime. It's been. I started. I started to write something earlier, and it's like it's like the Holy Grail. You know, it's the one thing that we've always been close to. Um, in terms of obviously my years now of match going and stuff, you know, I, I, up until this season, I've seen three title challenges all falter. You know, two thousand nine, two 2019. and then this year was just. It was just unbelievable. It's like realizing the dream as a kid. Do you remember when you used to put like cheats on, like, say football manager or championship manager as it used to be? Where you'd literally make <laughs> Liverpool the best team, you'd literally give like everyone like ninety-nine stats. So you'd literally like steamroll at <laughs> practically everyone. You know, you'd win the league by say 20, 25 points. Well, yeah, know, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's what it feels like. It just feels like you're 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 in a simulation, you know, it doesn't feel real because the way we've done it has just been so, it's hard to describe. Just...
2: And tell me this, Matthew, the, the scenes in Liverpool, I know you're all celebrating. Um, I know you bit. bumped into Jamie Carragher in the middle of everything as well. What, what, what was Carragher doing?
3: <laughs> he was there with his like, celebration, the Smith brothers were there, obviously in town, obviously, yeah. certain fan bases didn't like that and there was a bit of a viral... Um, sensation with the picture with me. Even though there was other people with them, my picture seemed to go everywhere. I ended up in a couple of newspapers over here. I think yeah. it ended up in one in Ireland as well, actually from yeah, it is, yeah. Of- did,
2: did you see it did, you, Danny? I
3: yeah. like
2: I, I sent it to Danny and it looks looks like our friend Matthew might be getting carriaged the sake <laughs> <laughs> I, I
3: know. Oh it's it's what it's, it's, it's one of them. It's just an unbelievable experience. So if we wind it back, like the to, to obviously the Wednesday we watched Liverpool win four, and it's like, and there was like a premonition. I thought Chelsea's going to get somebody. Here. So, someone on Facebook was selling the Champions flags, and I had been holding out until it was official. And then someone told me go get one tonight. So, literally about half past seven, I went to Crockster and bought this Champions flag um, and got back just in time for obviously the kickoff. And then obviously Pulisic scores, and I'm like. Get in, get in! Come on, here we go, here we go. Then obviously, second half comes on. City are just all over them. De Bruyne scores like an absolutely amazing free kick. He's a talented player. I'd love to see him in the red of Liverpool. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to get another one here because literally out of nowhere, it literally looked like Chelsea were like literally clinging on. there was still like half an hour to go, and I was thinking they're going to get absolutely one. Well. And then all of a sudden, I think I think Chelsea made the change, didn't they? they brought and really brought on. Abraham, Abraham on. Yeah, they brought Abraham on. And all of a sudden, Chelsea were back in the game, and then Fernandinho, what was he thinking? Just literally. <laughs> like, um, at that point, <laughs> he I was thinking. Liverpool the league. <laughs> That's who he's thinking. I, I was on I was on a video call with somebody and I was like, oh my god, it's a penalty. If this goes in, we're you know, we're gonna win. So, and then I was like, that 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 debate, you know, that do I or don't I go to Anfield? and I kept like sitting on the fence, I'm like. Oh, social distancing this, oh, do I, don't I? And then all of a sudden, about I think it was like 88, 89 minutes, BT showed a video of like loads of fans turning up at Anfield. And I'm like, I put in a little Facebook group that I'm in with a couple of lads I play FIFA with and go to match with and stuff. And I was like, I'm going Anfield, who's coming? And then my mate says, can you come and get us? So I went to Walton to get him on the way to Anfield. And as I was driving through the streets of Liverpool, there was people on the streets just like chanting, honking their horns, high roads going absolutely everywhere. Not just near Anfield, just literally all over the city as I was driving from here to there. And then obviously got to Anfield and obviously I took that picture because where I where part, um, literally the other side of Stanley Park, close to Goodison. And I was walking to walk through Stanley Park to get to Anfield and just the colour of all the smoke and the barrel was just absolutely insane. It was just all like, out
2: oh, Yeah, I think we shared a few your uh, videos and, and photos, didn't we, Danny, on the Facebook page?
3: Yeah, it was it was amazing to
2: see. As you said, like it was just it was something else, wasn't it? Like my family were there, and my my mum, my dad, my brother were sending me pictures and stuff. And obviously, we shared a lot of your stuff, Matthew, on um, our Facebook page and stuff. And it was just it just seemed absolutely electric.
3: It, we spoke it was, about it. Was... Oh, sorry, go. Uh, I was just saying it was for, for me the Thursday the Thursday was so much better than the Friday because just that spontaneous it was just unbelievable it was like nothing I've ever experienced before you know I've seen us lift the European Cup I've been to the parades for the European Cup but that celebration it was just something else it was just one of those things where it's like I'm glad I was there so, like, I was glad I was there for the Barcelona game the Dortmund game but then you I, I'm glad I actually made that decision. Okay, ignoring social distancing, maybe. You know, obviously, you've <laughs> got to you know, get a bit of sticks. Um, the Friday one in town had been rumoured for a few weeks. I'm not sure if you'd even seen it, but it was going around like social media saying, if Liverpool win the league at Palace on the Friday, there's going to be a big celebration in town. Was that down at the docks, was it? Yeah, down at down pierhead P- and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it was... <sighs> It was all right, but it just didn't have the same feel about it. It was, I think, because of how spontaneous it happened, like, literally everyone just literally getting there and the jubilation, I think a little bit of it had worn off and you had, you know, it was good. And obviously, you had the likes of Carriger down there, Smith Brothers, you had a couple of, like, the um, Liverpool sporting actors. I know Kent Riley was down there who used to be on Hollyoaks and things. So there's obviously a lot of people who went, you know, including Famous Faces and... Did, they, did Carragher
2: blend in well or did he get a lot of
3: attention
0: or...?
3: Um, It, 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 it blended in alright, I mean he was wearing that Transalpino alpino um, t-shirt that he'd worn in the, I think the night before on, on Sky Sports or in the morning or something, but he had a different colour. Um, but no he was there, obviously he had a bit of a... Are you trying in to the- indicate the Carragher was still on the the night before? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to indicate? No, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> probably, um, you know, he was having to but, you know, they were all down there, they were all having a laugh, they were talking to people, you know, they were just acting like normal, like, people. They, were, they weren't, like, you know, you know, you get some people who'd be famous, like, the teams would win, and, you know, you'd see certain, you know, shall we say, the Gallagher brothers and stuff, but they'd be joining in, but they'd, like, have a montage of security and all of that. But these were just, like, you know, you you could walk by him and just chat to him. It was just they were just there enjoying it and you know taking up the moment. And uh, in a nutshell, uh,
2: Matthew, um, what does if you had to like describe it in one sentence? Liverpool win the league. What
3: does it mean to you, buddy? To me, it means the um, the pin- the pinnacle of my uh, year supporting Liverpool. Fantastic! Anything to add there, Danny?
2: I think it should be a question for you, Matty, but then I suppose for the other guys as well, bringing them in, in a minute. Um, we've spoken about it in theory a few times about this whole thing of if Liverpool win the league, which they now have, we're going to have to lift the trophy in front of an empty stadium. That's now going to become a reality of us doing that against Chelsea in a couple of weeks' time. Like, Do you think that's going to spoil the moment or do you think it's it's going to be all right because of... The, the
3: amount of time of have waited, the passion behind it, different things like this? Um, it's, For me, it's tinged with a bit of sadness because, you know, going go to games like I do and all the you know, to have witnessed obviously this, this coming to fruition, you know, being there from, you know, I, I, I was there, obviously, Brendan Rodgers' last game against Everton, barely got back in my house from that game and they're saying he'd been sacked and then in comes Klopp. So, literally, this roller coaster from, you know, a bunch of what you say is probably a m- mid-table team, really, on the Rogers. if we're being quite brutally honest with the sort of team that we had there. Klopp turned them into, you know, he managed to get so much more out of them as well, you know, getting us to the League Cup final, the Europa League final in his first six months. But being on this journey, you know, going to all the games, you know, see, seeing this team go from, you know, drawing with West Bromwich Albion I was in the main stand when obviously you got all the players in front of the car. So it's not actually there to see it. It's for me it's tinged with a little bit of this but but that's my own personal view. In terms of actually how it feels you know you can't argue with the way Liverpool have won the league and to actually just see it being lifted. You know, I don't care if there's no fans or if there's a million fans at the end of the day lifting that trophy It's something I've wanted my whole sort of life supporting Liverpool, you know. We practically won every trophy apart from the World Cup, World Cup, and the Premier League. By the time I was like ten years old, so literally, <laughs> you know, I'm 30 next year, so it's been a long time waiting.
2: And tell me, tell me this, on Chris, I'll bring you in, and we'll kind of leave on a wee final note here before we go. But what what's it gonna feel like to everyone seeing Hendo do the Hendo? It's now we've now named it the Hendo Shuffle. <laughs> and lifting the trophy, how does how that how's that, how that going to feel, Dan and Chris and everyone for that matter? How great is it going to be? It doesn't matter crowd or not, we're all going to see Jordan Henderson do the Hendo shuffle and lift that trophy. What what will that feel like, boys? Or or can we even put it into words until we see? It?
1: It's going to be amazing. Aye,
0: it's uh, aye, that it's that trophy. It, that's what it is isn't it it's, it's that trophy that it's it's the crown on it you know it's the <laughs> it's, you know it's that's it's that because that's the one that that's the one that that Rio Ferdinand held up all the times or John Terry held up and that we weren't allowed to get you know what I mean and uh, and now we do and 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 my God, how how amazing of a story is Jordan Henderson? Like, really? Like, uh, honestly, in time, I think uh, in, in, the, in the future when the history is written, I don't, like, there'll not be so much about him being uh, unpopular and uh, a scapegoat and all, like, all that stuff will be very marginal. You know what I mean? It'll just be like, oh, the guy who won all this, but you will all remember we were there when barely anybody had his back, like, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. And he had the fight, and man, I think that really represents the football club. Do like, you know what I mean? I really do. Like, I think as much as Virgil makes sense because he's just the best. Like, so you love to have the best guy do it, but we're not that straightforward. Like, we're more to me, Jordan Henderson represents the football club. Like, that has has story that that like, against all odds, even when your own people don't believe you, even when they don't believe you, and you still manage to do it. That's amazing. <laughs> I
2: have to say, the passion in your face there, Dan, is what being a Liverpool fan was all about. And one last word from Chris Cunningham here. Um, when Hendo does this Hendo shuffle and this a trophy, what will that mean to you, Chris? Uh,
1: well, basically, just as uh, same as what Darren says, um, you know, people run him off. Um, that he wasn't going to be, you know, that he's not the next Jared. We didn't want a next Gerrard. We wanted a captain that would lead us. And he does that. You know, you know, You see that every game If he's not starting the game And he comes on He comes on And he just He gives everybody What they need You know He gives them that push Mm. You know uh, It's just It's just Captain Fantastic
2: Hey that's it That's it Chris That's it Chris Well folks Thank you so much For coming in As our special guests Um, We'll definitely Have you all on again Um, And I think On a final note Anything to add there Danny? No, it's just it's great to have you on, boys. The the passion that is over this whole situation is just amazing. We've gone through a, a pandemic, we've gone through all sorts of different stuff. We've had no crowds in stadiums, but all we've wanted, I'm sure, the same as what you have said there, all we've wanted for all of our lives is to have this moment, and it's it's amazing to see it. It's a it's a fiddle thing, a Premier League. You, you look back at, at the history of it and. As said, not touching too much on the subject, but the fact that Steven Gerrard's never won it, but yet Dejan Lovren's going to hold it over his head is something that's going to haunt me till the day I die. But apart <laughs> from that, it's just it's an it's an amazing thing. So it's it's Good great to go. celebrate it with you. Oh, thanks, you. On that lot. note, Steven Gerrard hasn't won it, but Dejan Lovren is. So here we go. Thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Shamfield
3: Rose. <laughs>